What's up, good people? Welcome to the first episode of Tuggy Talk of 2023. Happy New Year, everybody. I'm your host, McTuggy, and you know the deal. I got some stuff and things to talk about. We talk a bit about The Witcher, Jeremy Renner injuring himself, uh, 10 best video games of 2022, according to Bloomberg.com. Also, an article involving the top 30 memorable, most memorable westerns ever. I talked the end of The Walking Dead and my most recent watch, rewatch of Community, as well as starting another rewatch of Z Nation. Of course, we lost some more people in 2022, so we'll honor the dead, and as per usual, I got a great people equal shit video, as well as a heartwarming some people aren't shitty video. Prep your ear holes, folks. Let's go. going to go and get into the first segment, video game news. Alright, so the first article uh, and thing we're going to talk about today is uh, the 10 best video games of the year uh, from Bloomberg.com. This was written by a uh, fella named Jason Schreer, uh, posted December 30th of Technically, yeah, of last year. <laughs> so anyway, uh, I'll just go through the little list of uh, his top ten games of all time, and we'll see. Uh, tell me if you uh, uh, agree with that, or if your list changes. If you have a top ten list of 2022, shit, hit me up on the Facebook. Hit me up on Twitter at Tugman Top Ten. You know the Facebook's Tuggy's Top Ten Podcast page. Check it out. Let me know. Uh, so here we go. Uh, these are in no particular order. He says. Uh, but I'll start right down the list. The first one he talks about is Elden Ring. Uh, Elden Ring is a game I have not personally played. Um, I'm not very big into Soulsborne-style games. I've played a few, um, but not really my jam. But, hey, I've I've heard a lot of people talk about this, and it's really great. Probably one of the best ones they've come out with. Yeah, Elden Ring is... Uh, Alright, that's... Yeah, again, I'm, I'm just not a fan of those style of games, but people like them. A lot of people like them. And they, they, so I've seen some stuff on them that people do some pretty gnarly, badass shit. So, all right. Uh, Elden ring. And then uh, next on the list, he's got a game called the case of the golden idol. Now I don't know anything about this game. Uh, it looks like an indie game. Maybe, uh, let's read a little bit of what he says. Uh, quote, look past the dis- disconcerting art style in the case of the Golden Idol and you'll discover one of the year's most innovative experiences, a mystery game that forces you to use reason and deduction to unravel its many secrets. Each of the game's dozen chapters is a freeze frame of the moments after a murder, and as an omniscient observer, it's your job to figure out what happened. You can comb through people's pockets, look for context clues, and then use a Mad Libs-style interface to fill in all the blanks. It's a brilliant game, plus the art is actually pretty cool once you get used to it. Hmm. Okay, so that's interesting. So it's basically like one of those, like, you just search stuff in a picture kind of games. But hey, I don't know. Again, another genre of video games. Not exactly to my uh, jam, or is my jam, whatever you, however, however I should say that. Uh, anyway, next on his list, uh, Tactics Reborn, or excuse me, Tactics Ogre Reborn. Uh, I've played the original Tactics Ogre, but uh, this apparently is a remake of the original from Super Nintendo, 1995. Uh, yeah, it's just one of those tactical style, uh, you know, if you've played Final Fantasy Tactics, it's very, very similar in a way. Um, I think this, I want, yeah, 95, this one came out clearly before Final Fantasy Tactics, uh, but... Yeah, Tactics Ogre, Reborn. Uh, next on the list is Triangle Strategy, which is not uh, exactly 
anything I know about it. So I'm going to read what he talks about here. So, quote, Like Tactics Ogre, this is a grid-based strategy game with a political story set in a dark fantasy world, but this one is brand new and full of interesting ideas that its predecessors haven't explored. For example, the story will take different branches based on your choices, but instead of making those choices yourself, you have to do it democratically. As the leader of a ragtag army, you have to go around and convince all your generals to see things your way. It's a cool game with some heart-rending twists. I've heard a little bit of music there. It's a stupid... Some, you know how they have those dumb ads randomly in articles? <coughs> anyway. Okay. Uh, the art style looks pretty... Fo- uh, well, they don't have a picture of it. But I guess, I guess it's a grid-based tactical game like... Uh, Tactics Ogre, Final Fantasy Tactics. That's kind of cool. Next on the list, Return to Monkey Island. Ooh, no. Okay. This is a style of game that I do like. I like the point-and-click type puzzle game adventures. Um, Monkey Island, uh, Sam and Max, uh, Toonstruck. Anybody play Toonstruck with Christopher Lloyd? That's a fucking great one. Uh, Phantasmagoria. Really old one, the seventh guest stuff. You know, game puzzle games kind of like that. Anyway, Monkey Island is great. So uh, I'll just I'll just read this again, just because you know we love Guybrush. Quote: Thirty years ago, PC gamers were charmed by a point-and-click adventure series called Monkey Island, starring a wannabe pirate named Guybrush Threepwood. The series took a long hiatus, but came back this year with Return to Monkey Island, and it feels very much like a game whose creators have gotten older. Return is just as sharp and funny as any of its predecessors, but it's also surprisingly poignant, exploring what it means to keep chasing your dreams even after you're past your prime. A more experienced but slightly weaker Guybrush is just as irresistibly charming as he was three decades ago. Sweet. Yeah, that's cool. I love I love games like that, so uh, I may uh, try to figure out how I'm going to play that. I might have to put it on the PC. Uh, anyway, uh, next on the list is a game called The Legend of Heroes, Trials, or excuse me, Trails from Zero. Uh, again, I don't know, but so I'm going to read and figure out what it is. Quote, the Trails series of Japanese role-playing games is as straightforward as it gets. You play as a group of young heroes on an adventure, battling in turn-based combat and going on a roller coaster ride of plot twists along the way. Trails from Zero stars a young police officer named Lloyd Bannings and his three other companions in the special support section, a group of oddballs and misfits in the police department of Crossbell, a massive city reminiscent of Hong Kong. As the adventure goes on, and as it continues in Trails of Tua Azure, a sequel coming in March, hmm, interesting, Crossbell turns into a character of its own, full of charm and sleaze and a criminal underworld to rival any other. It's basically a hive of scum and villainy. <coughs> that sounds fun. I like a, a good, decent Japanese role-playing game. JRPGs, as they are called. So next on the list, a game called Quarry, which I have heard of, but again, I don't know much about, so I'm going to go ahead and just uh, read what he says. Quote, If you've ever watched a campy teen horror movie and thought, I'd make better decisions than them, the Quarry exists to prove that you're wrong. Okay, now I'm re- I'm remembering what this game is about. It's made for the same people who did uh, Until Dawn. Uh, okay, back to what he was saying. Quote, it's a cinematic adventure game in which a group of teens is trapped in a terrifying summer camp and have to try their hardest to survive the night. You'll rotate between the characters and make decisions for each of them, like where to hide out or who should have that conveniently placed gun. It's a perfect game for people who don't play a lot of video games. There's even a couch co-op mode that encourages you to pass the controller back and forth every time you swap characters. Yeah. Uh, this is another type of genre of game that I like, too, where they make you ch- choose and whatnot. Um, like, again, like Until Dawn, one they've made. Um, what's the other one? Uh, Detroit Become Human I liked. Uh, Beyond, Two, Beyond Two Souls, I think it's called. That was a fun game. Um, whoa, what, whoa, what was that other game? Uh, Jason! Yeah, that, oh, Heavy Rain. Yeah. So games like that, yeah, uh, I haven't played this one, but I think I'm definitely going to give it a shot because I enjoy games like that, and uh, this would be a fun one to, like, just 
again, like they said, sit on the couch and just pass the controller back and forth when you're your character and see if you make it through. Might have to make that happen. We'll see. All right, next on the list is a, another Super Nintendo remake. It's called Live a Live. First came out, um, I'm going to uh, quote and read it. So, uh, quote, here's another Super Nintendo remake. Live a Live first came out in 1994, but was only released in Japan. The 2022 remake, with overhaul graphics and a new English translation, allows us Westerners to play legally for the first time. And boy, what a strange and fascinating game this is. There are seven main chapters, each set during a time period. Kind of reminds me of uh, Chrono Trigger. Uh, let's see. Uh, and, uh, quote, and you can play them in any order. One is a Wild West showdown in which you have to set traps to protect an old-timey town from a marauding gang. Another features a robot stuck on a spaceship that's been taken over by an evil AI system. They all culminate in an epic medieval fantasy story that ties the whole game together. So yeah, it sounds very much like a... Uh, I mean, it's from Super Nintendo, so it's probably the same. That makes sense. Very uh, Chrono Triggery. But uh, that might be one I'm into, too. I might have to check that out. Uh, next game he talks about on the list is a game called Chained Echoes. Um, again, not too sure, so I'm going to read what he says. Uh, quote, while Chained Echoes never came out for the Super Nintendo, you'd be forgiven if you thought that it did. This indie game, made almost entirely by a single guy, is open about its inspirations, which include Super Nintendo classics like Chrono Trigger and Final Fantasy VI. But it's also resoundingly modern, with clever mechanics like an ever-shifting overdrive meter that requires you to think carefully during combat. The English writing in Chained, Echo in Chained Echoes is stiff and clunky, but everything else is sublime, from the twisty story to the bouncy musical score. Sweet. I'm down for that. I might check that one out, too. And last on his list, uh, you guys have probably played it, God of War Ragnarok. I have not played this one. I am currently playing through God of War 2018, uh, trying to get through that. I've finally been able to play it. I think I've mentioned it before in the podcast. So, um, yeah, God of War Ragnarok. If you know, you know. It's fucking Kratos doing his thing, beating the shit out of the rest of the Norse gods, trying to save Atreus, all that fun shit. It looks great. Uh, as soon as I get through the first one, I'm going to fucking plug away at this. It's going to be awesome. So there you go for that article, folks, from Bloomberg.com. Thank you very much, Jason, for your uh, little uh, article here. It's pretty badass. Um, moving on to a, an article from GamesHub.com. Uh, this is... All the biggest video game releases in January 2023, this month. Everything we're getting right now, folks, okay? Uh, this was released on the 1st of this year, so here we go. It's a good, uh, good little list. So, One Piece Odyssey, A Space for the Unbound, Colossal Cave, Persona 4 Golden plus Persona 3 Portable, God, more Persona games. <laughs> Fire Emblem Engage. Forspoken. Dead Space, which is the remake, I believe. SpongeBob SquarePants. The Cosmic Shake. My daughter will love that. Season. Colon. A Letter to the Future. All right. One Piece is looking like it's going to be uh, coming out January 12th. For PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series X, S, and PC. So for everything, except for the Switch. Um, they got it here. It says, One Piece Odyssey is one of the many major games releases to start or to chart a course for January 2023. In this grand RPG, you play as One Piece protagonist Luffy and his pals as they're swept up in a wild storm and transported to a strange island filled with mysteries. With towering enemies and other deadly challenges now in their path, it's up to the Straw Hat Pirates to survive their trip, discovering new items and locales along the way. While there have been many One Piece video game adaptations, this one has the privilege of being developed in partnership with original series creator, I'm going to butcher this name and I apologize, Ichiro Oda, who aided the game's character and monster designs and con contributed to the main plot. It should hopefully feel like a daring and authentic One Piece chapter with every twist and turn. One anime I have not watched yet, just because it's very overwhelming with, what, thousand plus episodes or some bullshit, or they're getting close to, I don't know. Sounds fun, though. 
Uh, next, this, A Space for the Unbound. This comes out January 20th for everything, including Switch. Uh, and it says here, A Space for the Unbound from Indonesian Studios Mojikin and Toge Productions is a slice-of-life pixel adventure about late 1990s Indonesia and a girl with supernatural powers. Together with a young boy named Atma, Rhea must learn to harness those abilities and control them, even as they threaten to end the world as we know it. In this tale, you'll travel through gorgeous rural environments brought to life with artistic flair and attempt to find the answers about an oncoming supernatural apocalypse, all while dealing with the pressures of school life and growing up. Along the way, Rhea and Atma will grow closer and work out exactly why the world is crumbling. <coughs> Interesting. I wonder if that's going to be, uh, like, co-op, maybe. All right. Uh, moving on to the next on the list, Colossal Cave comes out the 19th. It is for PS5, Xbox Series XS, PC, Nintendo Switch, MetaQuest 2 VR. Uh, so here we go. Let's see what it's about. Colossal Cave, the iconic text adventure, first released as Colossal Cave Adventure in 1976 for the PDP-10 computer, is getting a 3D remake in 2023 for PC, consoles, and VR devices. This is a new graphical interpretation of the original adventure with a modernization and update carried out by games industries, icons, Ken and Roberta Williams, King's Quest, Sierra Online. Ooh, I like the King's Quest games. Uh, for anyone who played the original game or generally grew up in the area of text-based adventure games, this remake should hopefully prove to be a worthwhile experience in nostalgia alone. Sweet. Moving on to Persona 4 Golden plus Persona 3 Portable. Jeez, there's so many of these games and they're just hundreds and hundreds of hours of long from what I've heard. I tried playing Persona 5 Strikers. It came up free on PS Plus and fun I won't doubt that I'd like to get into those but oh, I don't know if I have that many hours left in my life to play those games anyway so what they say is if you've yet to play the excellent Persona 3 Portable and Persona or Persona Persona 4 Golden there's good news on the horizon both games are on the cusp of being released for modern consoles including PlayStation Xbox and Nintendo Switch while you can already play the games on other platforms, January 2023 will introduce additional ports to let even more people play these classics. The success of Persona 5, which reinvigorated the franchise and helped spark renewed global interest in the franchise, likely contributed to these long-awaited game releases. While the series has maintained a steady fan base for several years, it's only recently that the wider gaming community has recognized the franchise for its intricate and heartfelt tales of friendship and love in strange and supernatural circumstances. Anyone who loved Persona 5 should certainly put these releases on their radar. I think I'll pass. Just because I don't have that many... I just... I, I don't have that much time. But cool. Uh, moving on. Fire Emblem Engage. Um, I haven't played many of these, but... It's a Nintendo classic. I played a few back in the day. I don't remember which ones, so don't ask. Uh, anyway, it releases January 20th. Uh, well, uh, January, these are all this month, so... <laughs> yeah, this is great, great. Are you loving this podcast? Let me know. Anyway, they say, Another year, another Fire Emblem game. This prolific franchise has exploded in popularity over the last few years, leading to several sequels and spinoffs for Nintendo Switch. In 2019, we got the incredible Fire Emblem Three Houses, which introduced a huge new audience to the long-running franchise. In 2022, we got Fire Emblem Warriors Three Hopes as an alternative reality Musou game. I probably butchered that fucking word. In 2023, Fire Emblem Engage is arriving to take the next big step for the mainline series. In Engage, you'll play as a daring new hero with the ability to summon and fight alongside Fire Emblem heroes of the past, icons like Marth, Roy, Ike, Corrin, and Byleth. Each will help you fight in potentially deadly turn-based battles and guide your armies to victory. There's still a lot we don't know about Fire Emblem Engage, but the mystery makes this sequel even more tantalizing. Yeah, Fire Emblem fan? Check it out. Uh, if I get a Switch, I might check it out. 
which I do want to switch soon. God, please. I didn't get one for Christmas, which is fine. No worries. Next on the list, Forspoken. Ooh. A little screenshot they got here looks kind of interesting. This release is on the 24th for PS5 and PC. PlayStation Basic Exclusive. Even though it's on PC. Anyway. They say here, the biggest blockbuster of January 2023 game releases is Forspoken, the open-world action-adventure from Luminous Productions and Square Enix. After multiple game delays and years of teasers, we're finally ready to see more of a protagonist, Frey Holland's journey to mysterious... Wow, I butchered that. Mysterious magical lands. In this adventure, she's a fish out of water, an unwilling visitor to an ancient world ruled by strange forces and powerful magics only she can harness, can fully harness. In Holland's journey, she'll learn to master this magic, using it to traverse a wide world, take down towering beasts, and save the land of Athia. Athia? Athia? Hmm. Pronunciation? From cruel rulers. By her side, she'll have a sentient talking cuff. The concerned citizens of Athia, Athia, Athia itself, and a host of other strange beings to guide her journey. While early previews of this game have been divided, its combat and world building remain impressive and should make way for an intriguing story. Never heard of it, but sounds good. I, I believe they just dropped this at the Game Awards or some some big game thing they showed a trailer for it that's how that's the only way i recognize it but anyway sounds fun cool moving on to the dead space remake january 27th folks it's coming soon ps5 xbox series x and s and pc and they say here if you don't know dead space i have not played them i know fight me Dead Space, the sci-fi horror smash hit that ruled the early 2000s, is coming back in January 2023 thanks to a remake from EA's Motive Studio. This ground-up reimagining updates the first game with gruesome new graphics, fresh audio design to replicate the intense atmosphere of the original, and art direction from Mike... I'm going to butcher this last name, too. Yasujan? Yeah, probably fucked it up. A veteran of the Dead Space series. While the game is being tweaked to appeal to modern audiences with design, music, and gameplay likely being twisted into new fashion, Dead Space will remain true to the original story and characters and retell all the horrors they encountered in unexpected ways. Should this release prove successful, expect the Dead Space franchise to live on in a new generation of remakes and potentially sequels. <coughs> cool. Dead Space. Uh, I did say that this. I do want to play this because um, I haven't got to play any of the other ones, so I figured I'd wait for the Dead Space remake to pop out. But that also means I have to get a PS5. Maybe next Christmas. <laughs> Although my birthday is coming up, we'll see. All right, uh, moving on to SpongeBob SquarePants, colon, The Cosmic Shake. <laughs> it's got the, like musical Spongebob where they did the big song and Patrick looking all smaller than normal weird maybe it's just perspective anyway this release is on the 31st for PS4 Xbox One PC and Nintendo Switch if you're looking for something more lighthearted in your journey er, in your journey in your January 2023 game releases then Spongebob Squarepants the Cosmic Shake is likely the game for you in this colorful romp, you play the titular SpongeBob as he travels through alternative dimensions, each wilder than the last. Along the way, he's company he's accompanied by an adorable Patrick Star variant. Oh, because he's a variant, who bobs along in each new world. The Cosmic Shake is technically not a sequel, but it can be considered a spiritual successor to Battle for Bikini Bottom, which I have. I've played a little bit. It's fun. My daughter loves it. And the other classic SpongeBob platforming games. It retains the same gameplay and sense of adventure that his predecessor shared and should be a delightful new chapter in the Spongebob video game mythos. Whether you're a nostalgic adult or you're considering new game releases for a younger child, this adventure looks like a blast. Spongebob's fun. Wild, crazy, weird, fucking crazy, nuts as shit, and psychotic at times, but fun. And on to the next game, Season, colon, A Letter to the Future. Releases on the 31st for PS4, PS5, and PC. And they say, For a more down-to-earth tale, considering giving 
Consider giving Season a Letter to the Future your energy in January 2023. This narrative game follows a young woman named Estelle who leaves her idyllic and cloistered village to explore a world at the mercy of changing seasons. The new world around her changes rapidly and it's up to her to figure out the mystery of life outside her bubble and document everything she sees in her quest. This requires exploration, interviewing people, and investigating strange mysteries as Estelle discovers the very meaning of seasons and why each season must eventually end. While the mystery at the heart of season, a letter to the future, is wonderfully unclear, it's likely the game will spell out its tale with aplomb over, or aplomb, I probably fucked that word up too, over many endearing, warmly lit, and gorgeously illustrated story beats. Alrighty then. Fucking A. So there's your uh, games that are popping out this month for you right here, right now. I'm kind of excited for a couple of them. Uh, the SpongeBob one's going to be fun. Just because my daughter loves SpongeBob. She's four, guys. Uh, so, uh, let's see. The Colossal Cave looks pretty cool. Um, yeah. All right, moving on to an article from ScreenRan.com. Check that out. Uh, and the title says, Geralt, video game actor, on why he thinks Henry Cavill left The Witcher. Uh, so this was published three days ago, and it's basically the actor, voice actor, I'm assuming, uh, just giving his opinion on why he thought that uh, Cavill left The Witcher. Uh my perspective of the whole thing, I don't know details whatsoever. Um, I thought he was leaving The Witcher because I had heard that he was going to continue being Superman in the DCU, but then apparently James Gunn came in and, like, dropped him. And now it's like Liam Hemsworth is going to be playing Geralt now in, what, season four of The Witcher? And so, like shit what's gonna happen right um anyway yeah it's uh, that's weird I don't know I liked uh Cavill as Superman I loved him as fucking Geralt uh it's gonna be weird seeing little brother Thor being uh uh Geralt so we'll see how do you feel about it let me know Facebook Twitter you know the deets do it okay that is it folks that's everything i got for video game news we are now going to move on to the next segment movie and tv news hit the music all right well the first article i got from uh for you guys here is from aljazeera.com and it's uh talking about mr jeremy renner mr hawkeye uh, apparently critical but stable after a snowplow mishap. It says here the U.S. movie star had been plowing snow at his property near Reno, Nevada when he suffered serious injuries. Oh, shit. Well, we hope, uh, hope for the best, obviously, for Jer- Jeremy. Uh, wow, 51. That may- okay, he's 51. Yeah, definitely. Come on, bro. We can't lose you as Hawkeye yet. Uh, I like Jeremy Renner. Do you like Jeremy Renner? Again, socials. Do it. Um, it says right here, we uh, quoted, it says, quote, we can confirm Jeremy is in critical but stable condition with injuries suffered after experiencing a weather-related accident while plowing snow earlier today. So no no details, um, but they say his family is with him and he's receiving excellent care. Um, cool. Well, let's uh, hope and make sure. Come on. Everybody pray for him, I guess, if you want. Good vibes, all that. Come on, Jeremy. You got this. Uh, moving on to the another article. HollywoodReporter.com. And there, 30 most memorable Western movies of all time. Now, there's going to be some ones on here that I've seen. Uh... I enjoy a good western. Can't go wrong with Tombstone. Uh, 
yeah. So, that being said, let's uh, just run through this list real quick. I'm not going to read every article or every uh, every description for every movie, but I'll just go through a couple. I might read the ones that, I, that I've seen and get my opinion on it. Uh, that being said, here we go. So, from 1903, there's The Great Train Robbery. That's a, holy shit. 1903, really? Wow. And in 1939, Stagecoach. That looks interesting. Never seen that. Then uh, 1948, Red River with John Wayne. I might have seen that. 1950, Winchester 73 with uh, James Stewart. Uh, 1952, High Noon, uh, Gary Cooper. And then 1956, The Searchers. Another, is that John Wayne? Yep, another John Wayne. Uh, Rio Bravo, 1959, John Wayne. I've seen that one. That's a fun one. I used to watch that with my dad. Magnificent Seven from 1960. One-Eyed Jacks from 1961. Ride the High Country, 1962. A Fistful of Dollars, 1964. Fucking classic. Clint Eastwood shit. This is another one I've fucking watched numerous times with my dad. Uh... Great movie, Clint Eastwood, fucking badass. The Gunman Joe. Uh, 1966, The Good, The Bad, The Ugly. Another fucking Clint Eastwood badass movie. Uh, 1968, Once a Time, Once Upon a Time in the West. With Jason Robards and Henry Fonda. And in 1969, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Uh, Paul Newman and Robert Redford. 1969, John Wayne's True Grit, which got a remake uh, later on down the road with uh, Jay LaBeouf. What the fuck? The dude. The dude. I can't fucking think of his name right now, but if you know the dude, you know the dude. Jeff something. Oh, why the... I... Oh, God, that's going to bug the shit out of me now. Uh, a lot of you are, might be yelling into your mic, or yelling at your... You're yelling at me right now, and that's fine. Jeff Bridges. Bam! Got it. Okay. Uh, then 1969, The Wild Bunch. Uh, 1972, Buck and the Preacher. Sidney Poitier. Probably screwed up his name. I apologize. And Harry Belafonte. And then 1976, another Clint Eastwood classic, The Outlaw Josie Wales. 1990, Kevin Costner, Dances with Wolves. Technically a Western, yeah. 1992, Clint Eastwood, Unforgiven. I've seen both of those. And actually going back to Dances with Wolves, that's... Yeah, I remember laughing my ass off when he runs out of his little fucking house and smacks the shit out of himself and knocks himself out. Watching that. Another one I watched with my dad. Unforgiven, 92, like I said. Oh, here we go. 1993, Tombstone. This is probably my fake... My fucking, my fucking favorite Western, hands down, badass dude, Bill Paxton, fucking uh, Kurt Russell, Sam Elliott, just fucking Val Kilmer, dude, it's so good, Michael Bean, fucking great movie, and then 1995, The Quick and the Dead, that's a fucking good movie too, Russell Crowe, fucking Sharon Stone, Gene Hackman, Leonardo DiCaprio, that's one I need to wa- uh, make my wife watch. She hasn't watched that one before. 1996 Lone Star with Chris Cooper. Uh, 19 or excuse me, 2003 Open Range. Kevin Costner, fucking uh, Adam Ben Ruby, Diego Luna, Robert Duvall, Kim Coates. If you know Mr. Tiggy from Sons of Anarchy, he plays a bad guy in there. Uh, it's that fucking awesome scene where. Kevin Costner's they're standing across from the bad guys or whatever, and he goes, You the one that killed our friend? And Tig, well, excuse me, Kim Coates looks at him, he goes, Yep. And Kevin Costner just fucking pulls his piece and walks up and just shoots him right in the fucking head. Such a badass scene. Kim Coates always dies in his shit. Uh, 2007, 310 to Yuma. I remember seeing this. Christian Bale and Russell Crowe. Not bad. Uh, 2007, The Assassination of Jesse James by the Coward Robert Ford with Brad Pitt. I don't think I've seen that one. 2008, Appaloosa. I don't think I've watched that. Uh, Ed Harris and Viggo Mortensen. Uh, 2011, Rango. Yeah, Rango's a Western. Uh, 
Johnny Depp, the animated fucking little gecko. Uh, 2012, Django and oh, the fucking fuck that up. Django Unchained, great fucking Tarantino flick. This movie is badass. I fucking love this flick. My mom loves this movie. Okay, and let me give you a perspective of of what that means. Okay, because most of you listeners probably don't know my mom. She doesn't like Tarantino at all. Any of his movies. Fucking hates Kill Bill. Does not like Pulp Fiction. None of those. I sat her down, made her watch Django and Chance. She goes, that was a good fucking movie. And I was like, Tarantino, mom. So yeah, there's your perspective. Fucking great movie. Uh, 2016, Hell or High Water. Never seen this movie. Never heard of it. Chris Pine, Ben Foster, Jeff Bridges, apparently. And uh, that's it. That's it, folks, for the uh, top 30 most memorable. Some of them I've seen. Some of them I fucking love. Some of them are my absolute favorites. Uh, Let me know. If you like Westerns, check it out. All right, moving on to the next article from Entertainment Weekly. And, you know, I was hoping to try to avoid talking about this subject at some point, okay? Uh, Because I'm just not a fan, but I know people are, so, uh, fuck. We'll just talk about it. It's Avatar. Uh, So entertainmentweekly.com, the title says, Avatar, The Way of Water, Kept Puss in Boots in galoshes as the first number one movie of 2023. So after breaking a billion fucking dollars, decade later, with his other blue cat story, James Cameron, is it's now number one in 2023. But I mean, it's only, as I record this, January 2nd. So, we'll see. It's... It, it, uh, I'm not a, I wasn't a fan of the first one. I'm not going to see this one. I'm not going to see the sequels. That's just me. Hate me if you want. Whatever. You, If you like it, that's cool. I don't care. That's cool. Sweet. Uh, me. Not my jam, as I said earlier. But, uh, yeah. So, it... Uh, <laughs> it beat out Black, Han- uh, Black Panther... That was holding it for a while. So check that out. Um, and that's that's it for movie news. But I got some television news and some stuff to talk about. Uh, as I smoke a cigarette while I, uh, while I talk about the ending of The Walking Dead. and Okay, let's get into that. Yeah, let's talk about the ending of The Walking Dead. I didn't get to f- talk about that yet. So here this year. If you finish The Walking Dead, spoilers, or if you haven't finished The Walking Dead yet, spoilers ahead, okay? That's my only fucking warning. Anyway, yeah, that's, that's, I mean, that's my shortest summary of the ending of The Walking Dead, although it does kind of got me a little hyped for the three spinoffs, which I will fucking check out. Um, the Daryl spinoff the Maggie and Negan spinoff, and then the Rick and Michonne spinoff. So the end, the last episode, they fucking, they do their thing, whatever, right? They overrun the fucking, not overrun, but they beat Pamela Milton and all that. And uh, Now the fucking, I can't even think of it. Uh, the Commonwealth is like awesome and cool and everybody's good now. And Daryl does his thing and takes off and, uh, He's going to France for his fucking uh, spinoff, so we'll see how that goes. Um, and then it gets to the final scene where it starts doing like a uh, like a montage where you see Rick and Michonne like writing letters, presumably, I'm assuming, to Judith. You hear Rick's voiceover, you hear Michonne's voiceover, you see kind of Michonne doing this thing and all that and whatnot. And now remember when she, she took off, she found... Rick's boots and the fucking phone with him, with her and him and them scratched on it, whatever scratched on it or whatever. So then it goes to, you see Rick and he's running. He's on this riverbank. 
or no, he's not running yet, but he's on, he, 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 yeah, he's running from uh, the CRM. Because if you remember, he got picked up by the helicopter, Jadis, and all that bullshit. Um, so he gets, it shows him, he's barefoot, in the mud, running away from the CRM. He's got a CRM jacket on. Um, and then all of a sudden he hears a helicopter and somebody starts talking to him and tells him, Hey, this isn't the way you, sh- you need to come back. They're not going to like this. Um, and Rick fucking grabs his bag and hucks it onto this boat. And, and it shows him looking at the stuff and you realize this is the bag that Michonne finds. So this is kind of like just a little scene leading into that spin off the, uh, the Rick and Negan, or, or Rick and Michonne spin-off, uh, spin-off. Um, so, I mean, it was kind of, it was cool to see Rick again. Uh, I like the placement of that scene, uh, but overall, I'm still, uh, very much a comics dude. I like the comics a lot better. Show's not bad. It's got its fucking bad spots, and I know a lot of people stopped fucking signing off after season nine and shit, but... Uh, which eventually in an episode of season two of uh, Tuggy's Top Ten, me and my buddy Carl are going to talk about The Walking Dead uh, way more in depth. Anyway, I finished it. It was kind of, meh. I I am kind of excited for, uh, I wouldn't say really excited, but I'm more intrigued for the spinoffs. Maggie and Negan I didn't really talk about, but they're going to go to New York, I guess. Uh, So, anyway... Uh, I just rewatched Community. Fucking love that show. It's a great show. Uh, I'm excited for the movie. That's going to be fun. And, uh, and that also will be an episode of season two of Tuggy's Top Ten. Um, I need to find somebody to talk to about that. With, talk with about Community. Anyway, um, let's see. And I just restarted my second rewatch of or the second time of watching uh, Z Nation. I don't know if you've ever watched Z Nation. and uh, It's that little zombie show on sci-fi. My honest opinion, way better than The Walking Dead. It doesn't take itself too seriously. The serious moments are there because, you know, it's a zombie move, zombie show and blah, 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 whatever. But it's it's more fun. It's more lighthearted. It's just an overall better better show, I think. And uh, It's got way cooler characters. Uh, say what you want. TK would whoop Daryl's ass. <laughs> I said it. Or not TK, 10K, excuse me, would whoop Daryl's ass. Um, But yeah, that's uh pretty much all I got for video game television news. Or video game, we're not even on video game news, you dumb shit. Uh, for movie and TV news. Uh, so we are going to move on to the solemn and somber segment, Honor the Dead. And we lost a few people, a few more people before uh, 2022 ended, unfortunately. I'm just going to name a few of them and uh, give my condolences to those uh, affected by the loss. Uh, we lost Pope Benedict the Sixteenth, uh, 95 years old. Wow. That's long, long life. So condolences to anyone affected by the Pope's death. Uh, Barbara Walters, we lost. The uh, news journalist, you know who Barbara Walters is. 93 years old. So condolences to her family and everybody affected by that. We honor you, Barbara and Pope. And then the soccer legend, legend, why did I go redneck with that the soccer legend Pele 82 years old I'm uh, not a big not the biggest soccer fan not really a soccer fan to be fair uh, nothing against it but just never really got into it but this is this is like I guess it's in hockey if Wayne Gretzky died or in basketball if Michael Jordan died uh, I don't have a reference for uh, football because again that's not something I watch either um, but Condolences to his family and anyone affected by uh, Paley's loss. And my wife really was sad about this. Uh, Stephen Twitch Boss, the guy from the Ellen show, did all the dances and stuff. Think what you want about Ellen. This guy seemed like he was a pretty okay dude. Uh, 40, dude. That's way too young. 
I'll be 37 in March, and that's three years from now, and that's way too fucking young. Uh, that's that's tragic. So condolences to him and his family and them. And then uh, Kirstie Alley, you know, from Look Who's Talking, Cheers and all that. 71. Um, yeah, condolences to her family and anyone affected by that loss as well because cancer's a bitch, dude. Cancer fucking sucks. I can't wait until we can figure out a way to just obliterate that piece of shit. And, uh, Bob McGrath, 90 years old, the founding cast member of Sesame Street, passed as well. Condolences to him and his family. And, uh, Christy McVie from Fleetwood Mac, 79 years old. She had a good voice. Passed on as well. And there we go. So, condolences to any and everyone affected by all those losses. I'm sorry. Let's uh, hope 2023 is a better year for us. We all know the deal, though. Death comes for everyone. It's unfortunate. It fucking sucks. Um, But, you know, there you go. Just, uh, it never gets better. You just learn how to deep. Uh, deal with it. So, now we are going to move on to your favorite segment. <laughs> I fucked that up. To your favorite segment, my favorite segment. I'm hoping it's your favorite segment. If it's your favorite segment, cool. I don't fucking care. Whatever. I hope it is. Sweet. Anyway, it's people equal shit. And I got a great fucking video for you. Uh, speaking of the fact that I was talking about community, um, a page called Faxverse on YouTube uh, released a video one year ago that I found that I thought was pretty much the way to go. Uh, actors who vehemently hate Chevy Chase. Now, I love Chevy Chase's acting in the National Lampoon, vacation movies, Christmas, European, all those. Um, I loved him as fucking Pierce in Community, but apparently... He is just a very, very, very difficult people, a very, very difficult people. Yeah, a very, very difficult person to deal with in real life. And Joel McHill spoken out about this. Donald Glover spoken out about this. Uh, Yeah. So (laughs) go ahead and check that video out. Uh, It's it's it gives you a lot of shit, a lot of info about. uh, Yeah, it's so, yeah, there you go. That is our people equal shit segment. So go ahead and give that video a try, uh, a check out, look it up. Um, I'll, I'll, as I always do, I'll put the link in the description of the podcast and, uh, let me know. What do you think? Do you like Chevy Chase? Do you hate Chevy Chase? Do you not give a fuck? Facebook, Twitter, do it. Uh, moving on. Cause you know, I don't like to piss you off. And then leave you pissed off. Because it's never good to go to bed pissed off. It's never good to end a day pissed off. Whatever. So I got a great video for you. For some people aren't shitty. And it's 37 hero animals that saved human lives. It's a good quick nine and a half minute video. Uh, but it's got some cool shit, dude. Dogs, cats saving, uh, you know, one kid gets attacked by a fucking... Uh, dog and then this fucking cat just comes out of nowhere and just whoa fucking scares the shit out of that dog and saves the fuck out of that little kid dude yeah it's good stuff great great stuff and let me see I believe that brings us to the end of the episode first episode of 2023 Happy New Year, folks. I hope your uh, holidays were great. Your Christmas, Kwanzaa, your Hanukkah, whatever you celebrate. If you don't celebrate, whatever. I hope you just hung out with somebody cool. And uh, I hope this year is good for you guys. And I hope you guys uh, have a good one. Have a very good year. Do what you want to do. Keep your chin up. Shit fucking hard. We're all still dealing with shit. Everybody's always dealing with shit. Try to be nice. Be nice, because really you don't know what 
people are going through. And that's really going to be my, I guess, I guess my new year's resolution, if you want to call it that, uh, just to be nicer to everyone, everybody I meet. So have a good year, folks. I'm going to shut the fuck up and get out of here. Um, thanks for listening. You know where to hit us up at Tuggy's top 10 page on Facebook. Come on. Give me something to talk about. I'll read you on the show. Uh, you can leave us a review um, on Spotify or Anchor is what I currently have them on. I plan on eventually getting all of my podcasts to different platforms like Apple Pod and whatever the other platforms are, Stitcher and shit like that. Uh, but leave me a review because that'll keep me, apparently it moves us up the charts and all that stuff and makes me available to more listeners and Gross us as a podcast, and eventually the pod. Uh, I ha- okay. I'm I'm gonna say it right now since this is a new episode, of first episode of 2022. I do have a quick little announcement. So obviously there will be new episodes of Tuggy Talk every Monday. Uh, we're going to finish out uh, Triple T Tuggy Tuggy's Top Ten podcast. We're gonna finish that out season one this year. Get to season two at least. Uh, we're gonna finish out 35 years of movies, uh, and then. Here pretty soon. I'm not exactly sure when it's going to be. Maybe maybe by my birthday if all goes well in March. We'll see. I have a new podcast coming, folks. Me and Moo from 35 Years of Movies. My special quest, as I said on the last episode, buddy, uh, Cloud. And uh, a new friend of ours, Josh, are starting a Metal Gear lore cast. Inspired very much by the... RE Lorecast and LOZ Lorecast folks over at the Fumbling 4 network. Uh, so look out for that. That's coming too. Uh, so yeah. I don't have anything else to say other than uh, be good to each other, stay well, be healthy, um, and bye. I'll see you folks later. Peace.